Go Deep. Welcome back to GDP Go Deep, the podcast. You can find us on most forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also reach out to the cast, T.O. Big Show, Lord Fawn, Motorsports Mofo, Sturzy, Big Mikey, Astra Moon, and Sassy K. Thank you for your support, and remember, always go deep. All right, folks, welcome back to GDP Go Deep, the podcast. You know, we always talk about how special every episode is, but guess what? This one's going to be special. We got two big uh, names, personalities on this show, but before we go deep on that, folks, just friendly reminder, teespring.com, we got hoodies, we got t-shirts, we even got uh, yoga pants. I know Alan Smithy and Motorsports Mofo love them. I don't know about Lord Fawn. I think he kind of stays away from that stuff. Anyways, don't forget, teespring.com, you can pick up our stuff. Don't forget to like and share us. Share us with your friends. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please share it with your friends. But without further ado, let's introduce the cast on today's podcast. We have the one and only Lord Fawn. How are you, pal? I am good. I am good. And I just forgot to bring something up on our pre-interview interview. I got promoted to my fifth degree black belt. I'm a big deal now. Oh, shit. Everybody watch out. He'll smack your mouth if you talk him the wrong way. Of course not. You have too much discipline, I'm sure. Yeah. After well, after I bring the garbage out, I mean that's more important. <laughs> so yeah, somebody's got to bring out the garbage, and yeah. then also on the show, back also by popular demand, the one and only Alan Smithy. How are you, pal? Buddy, I'm great. And I just want to let you know uh, that I went out to uh, Eddie Bauer online and bought myself my fifth black belt. So I. Uh, <laughs> I feel very, very comfortable with uh, the whole black belt situation. So, what's the hunter got to ask? What, uh, what, what is his black belt in? Is it in like jackassery or fake foo or yes. what? What martial arts are you not qualified in? I'm just curious about this. I'm not qualified in the uh, gung fu ass kicking, right? Or right. the uh, pen jack silat uh, ass silat. Right. And uh, I cannot do uh, wing pung. Wow, I I just feel like a, an order of wing pung right now. So if you can get 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 that, I'll uh, have my extra spicy. But in any event, uh, you know what? I I'm excited to be on the show with you because it's it's a topic that you and I I thought we'd disagree on more, but in the reality, I think we're both on the same page. Uh oh. And that's why the D, and that the topic is why DC movies uh, suck. Yes. Yeah, and this. And this, if I, I love how we're just taking over, but I also have to point out that you are a DC guy and I am a Marvel guy. You never know it from the beginning of this conversation, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I gotta ask, I gotta ask John Doe. So, John, where do you stand on all this? Uh, I gotta be honest with you. I feel like Marvel brings out a better product in a lot of cases. Yeah. It, but we can't forget some of the hidden gems that DC brings to the world. Hidden. Sure. Hidden. Hidden. Oh, okay. Hidden gems. Yeah. They do have Man. a couple of really nice gems in DC, though. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Watchmen, absolutely fantastic. Is Constantine, is that DC? I think that is. Yes, it? it is. It is. It is. And they're bringing yeah, another they're one. Yeah, they're doing a sequel of Constantine. So, so you, liked, you like Constantine? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, okay. So this visually... Was, that was going to be one of the prime examples I used as to why DC Comics movies <laughs> So let's let's but, start with Constantine. Let's go right into it. What did you sure. like about it there, uh, Lord Fawn? And then I want you to kind of come back to him there, uh, Alan Smithy, and tell him why you didn't like it. You got it. Well, I'm a, I'm a born-again agnostic, Catholic, Catholic upbringing, although my parents absolutely never forced the, uh, the cult on me. 
Okay. We never actually went to uh, church at all, but they had me choose my own way, which, thank God. Um, I really love... Jesus. Hey, hey. No it, pun intended. Let's, I, I've got problems with that. I know we're not supposed to be talking about politics and religion. I think the the literature of the Roman Catholic Church is absolutely fantastic and brilliant. And many of the comic book stories that we're going to be talking about today um, can actually find its roots all the way back to uh, biblical stories. I mean, these are the these are actually the the archetypes that many of our hero stories are based on. So, getting back to Constantine, I love the 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 devil stories, the the angels of death, the uh, Azrael, and and all those anything connected to that sort of uh, uh, literature, I, I mean, I really love, and I thought that visually Constantine was uh, was fantastic. I, I didn't read Hellraiser. Constantine came from Hellraiser, I believe. Isn't that right, Alan? Hell, Hell, Hellblazer. Hellblazer, sorry. You're thinking Hellblazer, of the movie yeah. Hellraiser. Is that Neil, Neil Gaiman? Yeah. Neil Gaiman. Uh, right? Neil Gaiman, yep. Yeah, so uh, I never read it. I never read the comic book. Um so maybe that's why... Uh... That's exactly why you like it. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, you, it, it's it's from a disassociated point of view. You know, that's that's why you like it. And if you take the movie itself and disassociate the actual Constantine character from it, uh, it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, it's visually stunning. I agree with you on all the points. But it is not... Uh, it is not consistent with the character John Constantine, other than in name... It's basically in name only. Oh, huh. yeah, that's 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 really that's really what it uh, what it boiled down to. And I think part of the problem and uh, sorry, uh, I think you said it earlier. Don said it earlier that, you know, I'm a huge DC Comics guy. I, I have DC Comics characters tattooed all over my my arms, my legs. Uh, I love Marvel Comics. I, I some Marvel characters like Alpha Flight. Uh, oh, I think very... I think I know where you tattooed Elastic Man. Right, exactly. You know it, buddy. It, it, it expands on contact. I think Marvel, I love Marvel dearly as well, but I've always been primarily a DC guy. But I think, you know, to, to take a sort of a broad look at what why DC Comics movies suck and, and Constantine is the best example to start with versus Marvel. And here's the, here's the difference. The difference is that prior to Paramount's acquisition of the Marvel licenses, um, which led to the Disney acquisition uh, and Kevin Feige's uh, involve, involvement, Marvel has a very distinctive vision, and they have, no pun intended, and their casting, their, their faithfulness, to the to the comic book and their faithfulness to how the co- the characters look is really what makes Marvel comic movies so amazing. And when they diverge from the comics, so let's use an example of Nick Fury. Nick Fury originally was a was a an old white guy. Yep. Uh, he was reinvented in the comics as literally as Sam Jackson, and that that diversion worked because he's such a strong personality. Oh yeah. And such a strong actor that that really worked. What well, didn't work? Uh, but... I was just going to say. Additionally, when they reimagined um, Nick Fury as Samuel L. Jackson, it was based on the Ultimate storyline. Yeah, that's right. Which yeah, completely diverse, diversed itself. Diverse. 
it, yeah, it diverged, moved away from, yeah. from the main uh, universe yeah. of Marvel. And yeah. actually, the artist and writer who came up with the reimagining definitely just said, we're going to make them Samuel L. Jackson. Well, he used that. The story behind that is he, he used Sam Jackson as the inspiration. When, Sam, when it was pointed out to Sam Jackson, Sam Jackson decided to sue Marvel Comics. And the result of that settlement was the agreement that should the character ever go to film, Sam Jackson gets first-rate refusal to play him. And so the legend, you know, continues that Sam Jackson is there. That's awesome. Motherfucking snakes on a motherfucking plane. (laughs) Exactly. But if we circle back to Constantine, the trouble with Constantine, the reason it it failed is that Warner Brothers' approach to DC Comics movies has always been the, the, the three most horrible words, I don't care. Basically, Warner Brothers executives have never, ever cared or respected their comic book IP. In Hollywood, the Warner Brothers executives have always considered comic books for kids and their kids' movies. They've always excelled at making great cartoons, but that's all Warner Brothers cares about is is money. So when they were approached um, by the the creative team that did The Matrix to do Constantine, uh, they said, okay, so we're going to get Keanu Reeves and everybody who, who grew up with Constantine, myself included, are like, wait a second. He's a blonde-haired British guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he has never, ever carried a gun in his life. What is this crap? And again, the movie tanked because Constantine did not look like John Constantine. Now, if you, if you fast forward to the TV series, there was a very short-lived uh, DC Comics TV series where actor Matt Ryan played John Constantine. The TV series was kind of terrible, but Matt Ryan's portrayal of Constantine is pitch perfect. So when it comes down to it, the ultimate reason why DC comic DC comics movies suck, or I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think they'll suck, but I think why they're a far inferior product to Marvel is because Warner brothers generally does not care about their intellectual property. Whereas uh, Disney cares very much about presenting uh, a product. They believe in the characters, they believe in the IP, and it shows. It shows in everything they do, whether it's the Netflix uh, Marvel Comics characters, whether it is WandaVision. And I know, I know, Lord Fahan, you don't like WandaVision all that much, but screw you, it's a great show. <laughs> but Marvel has a very distinctive creative vision, whereas DC doesn't, they, they don't care. Warner Brothers just wants to make money. So they see DC Comics as intellectual property that they can profit from. They are literally a corporate business. And their method is to give the IP over to directors and just say, have at it. So whether it was, you know, Zack Snyder got Watchmen because the 300 was such a huge hit. Zack Snyder took the Frank Miller graphic novel, made a huge movie out of it. And then Warner Brothers just basically said, okay, we will pay you to do whatever you want. So he did watch oh, Alan, Alan Watchmen. Moore, first of all. Alan Moore, my friend. Oh, shit. We're calling notes. Watchmen yeah. was Alan Moore. Well, yeah, yeah. No, we're, but we're talking about, we're talking about uh, the movies, right? We're not talking about comics. I'm talking about... Uh, yeah, like, but you said Genesis. it was Frank Miller. No, 300, 300 oh, was Frank 300, Miller. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Three, 300 was, was Frank Miller. So they, so they said to Zack Snyder, they said, well, we don't care what you want to do. Just make money, more money for us. So Zack <laughs> said, Watchmen. You see, now, now I agree with you in part. I agree that they are only looking at the bottom end. What yep. makes money? Absolutely. Yep. I yep. think that they are so concerned, and this is my problem with DC. I think that they are so concerned 
about making money is that they cannot get past the fact that the original audience for these comic books was children. Yes, okay? that's correct. Yep. And, then, yep. and this is where I'm going with this. Marvel yep. knows that their main target audience is 40 years old and up. Yes, now, that may, that may have changed lately, but their main target audience, they know, were people like me who yep. has grown up reading comic books. Great. Yep. More Believe adult. Me. Yeah, more yep. adult, more more changes that they can make while keeping keeping to the original idea between behind Captain America. I was watching these movies last night with my wife. She was on an epic rant about Wonder Woman. Yeah. And she said, the thing about Captain America is he's always decent. He's Agreed. just always decent. Yeah, that sounds now, great. Now, getting back to my point where I disagree got- with you, Plus, he's got America's ass, so yeah, that counts for something. Yeah. Now, getting getting to the point where I disagree with you, I think that they, I think they're so focused on their bottom line that they will not change or update or do anything with the image of Wonder Woman, with the image of Superman. What do you, what do you prefer as an image for either of those characters? It seems like you have something in the back of your mind there, Lord Fawn. Well, this this is my point. If I if I may 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 you know continue on, and then I'll let Alan jump in. The original idea between behind Wonder Woman, when you see the original comic books, it always starts the same. Comic books, she kicks ass. Then she gets kind of captured and tied up in a pseudo BDSM, you know, where <laughs> yeah. she gets. No, I'm serious. No, no I know. She's always the tied most up. awkward position to be tied up in. Yeah, it always is the most awkward position where she's tied up. Now, we're talking about um, when she was out there in the uh, post-World War II and during World War II, right? She was always tied up. She was always saved by a man. And then the comic book ends with her kicking ass. It's always like she has to be saved. And now we see both of these movies, like especially the most recent one. I think it's hilarious that you put her in World War II. Great. Why does it always... Why, why is it... World War One. World War One. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, no, I mean in 1982. So they, they brought her in in the 80s with the yeah. sequel. And then it's the same thing. She's pining away, you know, with the guy that she was in love with in the 40s during World War One or the 20s, whatever it was she was in. You know, and then it's like she loses her power. She has to give up, you know, what she loves most is this this man. Like, come on, give me a break. Like, well, why do we just, have to still stick with this? The trouble is that there, <sighs> therein lies the problem. It's just poor writing. I mean, yeah. all these issues come down to, and again, I, I really enjoyed the first Wonder Woman movie. Wonder Woman 80, 1984 was a dumpster fire. But yeah. the problem, <laughs> the difference is that what Marvel has, what Kevin Feige has done at Marvel is he's created a story group. So basically what happens at Marvel is, at Disney is, they sit down and they have a story group and they, they sort of map it out. And it's like, okay, this is our character. These are the arcs we're trying to do. Okay, now let's go write a story. Now let's find a director. Whereas Warner Brothers doesn't have a story group. Or if they tried to have a story group, it was just so dysfunctional that it never worked. And they just literally surrendered the IP to the director. So why did Wonder Woman 1984 fail? Well, because Patty Jenkins, the director, was given a lot more creative control than she maybe should have had. And 
and was let down not only by her own writing, but by a lack of oversight at the top of maybe a story group that could have said, okay, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. This is a trope. You know, and you, you look you look at other movies, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was not as entertaining as it should be because, you know, they filmed the movie that was funny, or they filmed a movie that was dark and serious. Then Deadpool came out, and Warner Brothers came out and said, no, no, it's got to be funny. Marvel's coming out with, with Deadpool, or it was Fox technically. So it's got to be funny. So Warner Brothers only cares about making money and does not care about the characters themselves. So they meddle. They don't have a unified vision. What 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 Warner Brothers has done now is they've gone completely, completely almost independent. They've said, okay, we cannot keep the story straight. So we're now just going to make movies, whether they survive or fail, whether they fit in with any sort of continuity or not, we don't care. Wonder Woman 1984 is a great example of that. The, another example of that is the upcoming Batman movie starring, uh, you know, Robert Patterson. Yeah. That is not part uh... of the DC extended universe. They're just hoping they're throwing things at the wall and hoping, okay, let's hope this makes money. Whereas, you know, Marvel is just moving along. Black Widow's next. The Eternals next. Like, as a DC Comics fan, this is what upsets me. Guardians of the Galaxy came out and was an incredibly successful movie, and yet DC could not sell Green Lantern. They made an absolutely horrible Green Lantern movie. The Eternals is coming out. Nobody knows who the Eternals are. Even even I, I've been reading comics. I'm 50 since I've been nine years old, and I'm still not clear who the Eternals are. Oh, I know. I'm a big so, fan. I can't wait for this. So, you know... But DC has the new Gods property that has been with, you know, acclaimed director Anna DuVray for almost three years now, and nothing is being done. And Anna is a tremendous visionary, but again, Eternals is almost out, and New Gods is just sitting there. See, my, my question, I got a question for you, yep, Alan. Yep. So, growing up, reading comics in the 80s, yep. and uh, at the very beginning of the 90s, I think this is yep. where it started phasing out. Yeah. Whenever Marvel would do a crossover... Um, in the comic books, the source material. Yeah. Or if a villain did a crossover, such as the Kingpin. Kingpin was originally a Spider-Man villain. Character. And, yeah. yeah. And he did a crossover into Daredevil, right? And that's the right. Daredevil really kind of latched onto him. Yeah, that sort of happened in the 70s. And uh, it, it, there was a desire to, to, there was a movement in the 70s in comic books to make comics just a little bit grittier. And it started with uh, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams taking Batman back to his roots. and well, they my... decided to do the same thing with Daredevil, and they just simply moved Kingpin over to Daredevil. Yeah. My question to you, though, is yeah. when you when when I was reading the Marvel comic, and yep. there was um, some weird reference, there would yep. be, in one of the panels, a little asterisk, and it would say something like CFF number 22. So you'd have yeah. to go and look at Fantastic Four number 22 to see yeah. where this villain came from, or you, it would say, see Marvel team up number 18, where Spider-Man teamed up with Ben Grimm, the, the thing, yeah. and they solved a crime. So Marvel Comics, this is why I think Marvel has succeeded and DC has failed. Marvel knows that it's about the entire universe that makes their movies so special. Hence why it was so important to get Spider-Man into the Marvel Universe. 
you know. Did did DC ever have that? Oh yeah, DC DC as a unified uh, from a comic point of view, especially in the 80s, was exceptionally good at producing unified crossover stories. And not only that, but but sort of mature stories that stand the test of time, like Watchmen or The Dark Knight Returns. Those are DC Comics properties that came out in the 80s. So, you know, DC Comics crossovers, you know, were very, very carefully laid out and, and were referenced much in the same way that Marvel Comics did. But, you know, with respect to, to uh, the, you know, the, the unified universe, DC Comics has a very uni- an exceptionally unified universe. Uh, not only uh, what separates them from Marvel is not only does DC Comics have a universe sort of in the present, but in the past, with respect to you know World War II and the Justice Society, and moving forward a thousand years to the Legion of Superheroes, and DC is able to coalesce all three time periods into you know one unified universe. The trouble is, is that they are completely incompetent at translating that to the silver screen. So the, my question the, to you is this: yeah. Should DC have gone more towards the Crisis on Infinite Earths? than trying to do individual movies and then linking them up into the disastrous Justice League. Well, they yeah, they what they should have done, they should have followed the Marvel Comics template. They, they failed for a couple different reasons. Number one, they had the wrong they had the wrong guy at the wrong time. So while Zack Snyder is a great director, Watchmen is almost a perfect movie. And I, I will go on record now. And and John, you know, you can you can uh, bookmark this in the podcast. Okay, okay. I am. I am a huge, huge Watchmen fan right from the beginning. So I collected Watchmen month by month when it came out in 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 the mid '80s. At the time, I had all the. I went out. And I bought all the Watchmen swag as well. There was a watch. There was a T-shirt. Uh, Alan Moore, you know, Alan Moore wasn't even dead yet, but he was rolling over in his grave. But I've been like, I am such a huge fan of the Watchmen that my Apple Watch has the Watchmen face on it today. So Watchmen is almost a religious uh, uh, comic book for me. It's, it's almost uh, as some, you know, religious people hold up the Bible. I look at the Watchmen. However, I will, the hill I'm willing to die on is that I loved Zack Snyder uh, solution at the end of the movie of how he killed, uh, you know, downtown New York, Manhattan with the bomb versus Alan Moore's space vagina. I love wow. the comic book and I love Alan Moore's space vagina, <laughs> but it would just, the Watchmen would not have been as good of a movie or as impactful a movie if Zack Snyder put in the space vagina uh, rather than, than the Dr. Manhattan replicating bomb. So having said that, Zack Snyder was the wrong guy, even though Man of Steel is a great movie, and uh, he was the wrong guy to bring in because it set the wrong tone. But you have to, what you really have to do is you have to dial back to, to DC's core characters and what people expect versus Marvel's core characters. DC Comics, especially from the silver screen, want Christopher Reeve. And that's the kind of tone that they're looking for. They're looking for Chris, a Christopher Reeve-like Superman, and they're looking for a Michael Keaton-like Batman, and that's what they're looking for. See, now, and, now I, I, I have to interject there, because yeah. I really like Zack Snyder. I think he's fantastic. No, and me too, but I'm I just cannot, saying... I cannot wait for the um, Snyder cut of the Justice League. Oh, see, I think it's going to be garbage, and I, I don't, Uh-oh. I don't give a crap about the Justice League movie, and I don't give a crap about 
the Snyder Cut. And I was one of these people who, you know, I think there's a there's a movement of, amongst I will call them like the incels on on uh, online, especially on, on websites like Reddit. These folks who have been released the Snyder Cut, who pushed Warner Brothers so hard for years to release the Snyder Cut, somehow thinking that this is going to be some sort of panacea that is going to equate to a, a Marvel level of success. It's not. Uh, the Snyder Cut is still going to be crap, and it's not going to help reinvigorate. And I love Henry Cavill as a perfect Superman. Ben Affleck, I love Ben Affleck as Batman. Blech. I love Gal Gadot as as uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, uh. But the rest of the cast, I, I could care less about. Jason Momoa is, a, is an interesting Aquaman. Aquaman is easily one of my favorite characters. I have Aquaman tattooed on my arm. But Jason Momoa, I love the Aquaman movie, but again... Do you want to know why they got? Do you want to know why they got Jason Momoa? Because eventually Marvel was going to cast the Submariner. Right. And Jason Momoa is more Submariner than he is Arthur Curry. I thought they were totally casting him. I I totally agree. They had to. They had to jump the gun because Marvel jumped the gun on Darkseid and put um, Thanos in. So right. now it's going to be like, oh, well, Darkseid. Uh, and John Doe is like, what language are you guys speaking? Yeah, no, no, no. I, no. I, totally I was thinking the reason <laughs> they picked uh, John Momoa, or Jason Momoa, was because uh, there was no more Baywatches available for him to star in. <laughs> <laughs> I totally... You know, I, I, I got to give... You know, Aquaman, the movie that James Wan put out of Aquaman was an incredible... Co- like. That was done. People credit Marvel Comics movies with looking like the comic books. Well, the Aquaman movie looks like the comic books. It's very, very faithful to the comic books, right down to the to the gold and and green suit. Except um, the except Aquaman is actually quite a good product. It is, the, but it is a disrespect. Yeah, comic book. The I comic gotta tell you, no, I gotta tell you, Alan Smithy, that movie sucked ass. Uh oh, no, horrible. Just, I'm, I'm so, going the other way on you on that one, buddy. It's in. Let's put it this way: How, how many bad good. guys can we get? How many bad guys can we get? I admit, well, they, oh, they want to put great Black Manta, and then Black Manta. Sorry, and oh. Ocean Master. He's, yeah, Ocean. But the thing is, yeah, pick one of them. Why is it both of them? Why, why is there? A why not quest? both? Why because he's they... going for broke. I guess here's the deal. They they knew they only may have one shot of this. They did not expect it to be a huge movie. So they, they wanted to throw the kitchen sink. He said, if I only have one shot, I'm going to get Ocean Master in there, and I'm going to get Black Manta. It worked. They had both villains, and, and both villains worked in that movie. So I, I no, totally think one. it worked. No, no you, don't have to, you don't have to pick one. Yes, you I can... think you do, because you know what? For the people who don't know the source material, the Ocean Master was completely thinned out like it was horrible what was the guy's name the uh the alan arkin or something i'm not alan arkin isn't he like 90 but um no it was like who is he fighting is he trying to re- reclaim his you know kingdom down in atlantis which i admit yeah. looked fantastic yeah. or is he trying to f- uh fight black manta which i think once he was finally in his his outfit looks absolutely fantastic like why is he in a desert i like you, you know like what like he was Uh-oh. in a desert he's in a friggin sahara it, it's, desert an, at it's one an, point. an epic comic book movie that's why you yeah. you said you haven't seen aquaman correct oh no i have seen it i've seen no, it I'm ta- too no, many times. no i'm not look lord oh, I'm, not john, talking to you. I'm talking to john doe john doe yeah sorry I'm just so excited to talk I, about these crappy movies. I've seen bits and pieces from Aquaman, and I'm not, yeah. like, to me, like, Aquaman has never been something that tickled my fancy, but since we're on the topic of Warner Brothers, I feel like 
there is a massive amount of characters they've kind of left in the dark. And these are totally. massive, massive, massive movie uh, money makers that they've just kind of left. Totally. And these IPs, if they get reactivated, will really fucking spice up the DC universe. And I've got a, I, oh, I so, got the list so it out hit, for you. Hit me with one, buddy. John, John Doe, give me, give, me, give me a character you think they I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you five series. Yep. Let me say the five series, and then you guys can drop. And Lord Fawn, I already know you're going to get pissed off when I drop the last one, but I don't give a fuck. All right. Okay. First one is Thundercats. Second one is... Thundercats is not a... It is a Warner Brothers product, but not a DC Comics product. It's Created owned, by Jack Kirby, by the way. It is, but uh, it, it actually is owned by DC. I looked it up. Thundercats. It is. Yep. yep. He-Man, and they have a crossover in the comic books, which is fantastic. They need to bring that to real life. Bring both those oh, uh, series together. They did, and I'm a huge fan of the Dolph Lundgren He-Man. Ah! Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was horrible. That should have been Arnold Schwarzenegger, but we're going to move on. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So we're going to move on. The next one is Shira, obviously. That follows suit with He-Man. we got to keep it up with the whole um, Wonder Woman thing, you know, equal, uh, equality yeah. and all that Another shit. Another Jack Kirby creation, by the way. The next yeah. one is Ninja Turtles. Guys, I don't know why this is not being blown up properly. And, I, and when I say properly, not the Michael Bay bullshit. Sorry, Michael Bay. I love the, how you tried it. The original it. Ninja Turtles movies from the, from, the, uh, from the early 90s are beloved. They're looked at. Yes. They, they are beloved movies. The first one was fantastic. I love the direction they did. They went with it. It was dark. It's what it, Ninja Turtles should be. Um, yep. And the last but not least, and get ready, Lord Fawn, you better plug your ears because you're going to be pissed right. off when I drop this, Power Rangers. And there's a crossover between Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers that needs to happen. And I know that uh, Saban is sold to um, E1 Studios, which... Uh, Owens now like uh, Death Row Records and all this other shit too. But really, the Ninja Turtles Power Ranger crossover that happened on the TV show and even on the comic books can happen on an epic le level. We use like the early 80s Ninja Turtles, not the Michael Bay uh, Ninja Turtles, and like the original Power Rangers, not obviously the same actors because either some of them are dead or uh, they're just a little old to be reprising their roles. Do you, do you think there's enough juice? To, I mean, let's put it this way. Nothing is impossible. Again, I'm not a huge fan of any of those properties, but but if they can, if Marvel Comics can make a successful movie out of the Guardians of the Galaxy, absolutely anything is possible. Now, well, yes. James Gunn, James Gunn is finally going to be doing a successful DC movie. He's doing the the next Suicide Squad. I I, I hope so. It looks fantastic. <laughs> it looks the My thing with Suicide Squad coming up. It, the Suicide Squad coming up is exceptional. There's a character. Uh, this is a deep cut. There's a character played by a wrestler John Cena in the Suicide Squad movie called Peacemaker. Yes. Um, oftentimes what happens with comic book characters when their costumes get translated to the screen is that they do not look, they get sort of modernized so that it doesn't look so hokey. John Cena's character in the movie is campy and dumb and as identical to the comic book as I've ever seen any character going back to Christopher Reeve's Superman outfit. John Cena is literally pulled right from the page. Now, not only, not only was Warner Brothers so happy with the, the, screening of Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad is the name of the movie, but now in Toronto, Peacemaker is getting his own TV show to be uh, released on HBO Max. Nice. And it's being filmed, James Gunn is in Toronto right now filming Peacemaker, the TV series with John Cena. So, here's hoping it's great. I, I Again, it's a DC Comics movie, so I'm, I will reserve my judgment until I, I finally see it. I am going to say something really good about some DC movies. Oh, shit. Sure. Justice League and Suicide Squad are really good movies if you want to talk through big parts of them. See, I can throw on Suicide Squad 
And then all the really cool bits with like Will Smith or Margot Robbie, like all, and even even the Batman and Joker, I'll pay attention to. And then a whole but oh, and um, the the main woman in it, the uh, the black lady, Enchantress. No, no, uh, no, Amanda Amanda Waller. Yes, I'd love I'd love her stuff, right? Yeah, Amanda anything, Waller is see, anything to do Amanda with Waller the, is the the DC Comics. Amanda Waller is the DC Comics version of. Uh, Nick Fury. And they should have started with her as a central point to focus their entire universe around in the same way that Nick Fury centralized the MCU. See, my wife and I will will throw on like a one of those moves. Well, I'll put it on. And then my wife and I will sit down and uh, blaze up a little bit of the the wacky tobacco. Nice. Enjoy the really good part. And then just kind of chat through the shitty parts. Like, Alien Three. Alien Three is a good movie to chat through. It has some really I, good. Parts. I, that's that's a deep cut, and I will say that David Fincher takes a lot of shit for that movie, but I liked it too. Yeah. I liked a- Alien Three. Alien Three. It's hard to follow up James James Cameron and Aliens. Yeah. There's just you can't follow that up. So Fincher's take, and Fincher hates that movie. Fincher hates Alien Three, but uh, Lord Fahan, I'm gonna I'm gonna run with you on that. I I totally agree. Alien Three is a great little movie. Okay, yeah, and we're really, gonna go really a little is. bit. We're gonna go a little bit off topic. But when you have two geeks on the phone right sure, now, sure. But I mean. Off topic, we're talking about He-Man five minutes ago. And John Doe, I want to get back to this. Okay. What okay. is, you've, you've mentioned this more than once to me. What is your fucking deal with Thundercats? Yeah. I just love the, I just love it. I don't know. It's like a childhood thing. I watched every, every okay, episode. Okay, that's cool. I mean, everybody's got that thing. I, I loved how you, you thought my tattoo on my leg was the Thundercats. And it sort of broke my heart to, to dispel that to you and say, no, it was Hawkman. But, but, uh. That's hurt my heart. Yeah, like you know, I'm gonna circle back to your points, John. That all those uh, all those movies, that the, that intellectual property there is absolutely right for the picking. And He Man, if done right, yes. you've got a whole generation of nostalgia. She-Ra, uh, you know, you just have her tag along. Netflix. I think with uh, yeah, you know, He-Man. but but she's been huge. They did a they did a, a recent Netflix yes. series that my 17 year old daughter loves 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 the she-ra animated series on netflix so you know taking doing a good ninja turtles movie doing a good he-man movie doing a good she-ra movie doing a good thundercats movie all of that is entirely possible if you have the right person with the if it's being done to be faithful to the to the intellectual property with a decent story and not half-assed well, like, Again, like I, Lord I, Fawn I, I was thought... saying, I think that uh, we need to stop because this is we need to generate this or we need it when it's made. We need it made for the 40 year old like Lord Fawn was kind of like saying that Marvel does a lot for their yeah. uh, clientele because I feel like we're now grown up like we're power or not Power Rangers, but Ninja Turtles has got like a new comic book series that's very dark and it's like the idea is all the Ninja Turtles except one have died. The, and, you know, like it's, the original like, Eastman Laird comic book Ninja. I remember I was. Yeah. God, I think it was. 13 and 83 when that original comic book came out black and white white. and they were they were just uh that and what was it radioactive uh uh hamsters was the ripoff of that but (laughs) um mutant ninja turtles was uh originally a very very dark very indie comic book it was about as indie as it could get it was like cerebus in terms of its of its independence so how it went from that to video games I mean, you could probably do a, we could probably do a whole podcast on that. I remember the the genesis in just a few short years oh, of yeah. reading reading the black and white, being a thirteen year old, and you know, again, I never bought them. It was never my thing, but I remember flipping through them in my comic book store, going, 
man, this is a great concept. You know what that, the tragic thing is? They, the original ones, the original, um, the original team, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, the one that is done in black and white, the one that's done yep. in the uh, larger format graphic novel style, are yep. worth a fortune now. And I had them. I had ah, the entire series. Dude. And, you Better know, than I Apple stocks, those, bud. They came out around the same time as ElfQuest in the same format. They did, out. yep. And I, I had them all, and they're all gone. You really like all that swords and sorcery stuff. I, I, I'll give that to you, man. I, I don't like any of that stuff. But oh, I'll, it's, it's I'll, res- I'll respect you for that. Same thing with Dune. I know you're huge, and I oh, love yeah. the podcast you did on Dune, but, dude, Dune's like Lord of the Rings to me. There's just too much walking and talking and, and <laughs> desert for, well, for me. I don't, like, I'm a huge know. fan of Westerns as well, and the thing is right. about these genre-driven stories is it's not about people having sword fights and you know uh, having a, a d12 roll against you know a firebomb like if you're a D&D nut it's not about sure. the, the role playing part of it it's about the the storyline behind the it the 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 guy who wrote George R R Martin based the storyline of Game of Thrones on the same source material that Shakespeare wrote his history plays, The War of the Roses on. Before Shakespeare wrote his history plays, there is a true life account of The War of the Roses, which is this epic story between all these families vying for control of England. And well, I don't think there was as much graphic sex in Shakespeare as there was in Game of Thrones, so I'll, no, but I'm, I'll give George R.R. Martin that. I mean, that's the, to me, that is the entertaining part of Game of Thrones. But my, my, uh, my huge point is like the comic books you and I love, they're a lot less about fighting space aliens as they are about our, our own reality. Like Alan, uh, not Alan Moore. Um, oh, Frank gee. Miller? Uh, no, Neil Adams did the right. cover of the, one of the most important comic books that really focused on children and drug abuse. You know, you know the comic book. Oh, I know. Arrow. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, great. So when when the Green Arrow's partner Speedy, uh, that was Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Yeah, uh, he was he was a teenager uh, addicted to heroin. Yeah, that don't was. Tell me, I'm not a was, fan of DC comic books. Yeah, that, that is deep. I, I got to be honest. That is a very very deep cut, and I, I you can hear my applause right there, uh, yeah. Lord Fahan. That uh, that is a very very deep cut. I got it. But again, the the difference as well with Marvel Comics and DC Comics back in the seventies, back in the eighties is DC has always pushed the boundary to be more mature, whereas Marvel always stuck with the same formula of having the good guys fight the good guys and fight the bad guys. No, I disagree. It, You're completely wrong. Oh shit! No, no, no there, was, there was there was Wonder Woman has to be the role model of all these little girls. Superman has to be the godlike figure that has compassion because he was raised by humans. Like you didn't read enough DC comics when oh, you were growing I've up. Oh, I've got behind. plenty enough of Listen, the DC comics. The DC comics, like books like Green Lantern in the seventies, like Batman's Detective Comics in the seventies. You're talking. Then you move on to the eighties with the New Teen Titans tackling and, Runaways. Know, Agent of when Shield you, done Nick Fury Agent of Shield you know that was super that was early great stuff in the 70s where it was all about uh, the cold war and the spies 
and all that kind of stuff. That's just the same as as it's good, but we're talking. There's a difference nope. with the mature level of of writing. Well, you, I you think got... you're a big poo poo head. <laughs> Don't tell me I'm immature. Well, that you sums it up. <laughs> Round but ten, wish, Lord Fawn so versus Alan Smithy. What happened is the, the 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 movies have done a flip, whereas Marvel comics movies are very mature and very smart and well crafted, and well written, and DC comics movies are just a train wreck. And if you've seen Wonder Woman 1984, it is literally just a train wreck. And I'll go back to a movie like Aquaman or the original Wonder Woman or even Shazam. Shazam is another character that I, I love dearly. Well, Shazam and the original Wonder Woman by Patty Jenkins and Aquaman are probably the three strongest DC Comics movies that they've made in the last 10 years. They're still, <laughs> they still not as good as the least uh, interesting Marvel movies like Thor Dark World, which I don't really care for, or Ant-Man, which I'm just like, meh. But again, like there's another one. thing. This is, you know, this like, is my point. Yeah. This is my point about Wonder Woman 1984, the sequel, right? Well, it's this just a terrible point. movie. It starts off as she is seen as being this warrior and her mother teaches her that, you know, only true warriors are brave and you can't cheat. Like all these really important moral stories for girls and boys, right? Then she pines because it goes back to this original. I, like, I have to be very careful because I'm not a woman, right? Are you and, sure? Yeah, I'm I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't mind, you know, wearing the underwear, but I'm like, okay. no, but. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, we're getting, we're getting, no, we're going down the rabbit hole on this no, one. No, no, no. Teespring.com, guys. No, this, is, this is my, no, this is my point. <laughs> That's a t-shirt right there, John. Yeah, no, no. Lord Fahan. I don't care. Like women's underwear, got it. Nobody knows who I am. <laughs> Um, that is fantastic. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Lord Fahan, I'm no, here for the underwear. Yeah. <laughs> Again, getting back to my ori original point. Like, are you, are you, though? Are you getting back to your original point? Well, why is it that Wonder Woman has to pine so much over this guy that she lost in World War One? Why it's do we always writing. have there's, to there's have there's nothing. Don't look too deep in it, my friend. Complete. It's just terrible writing. It's and I think a, it's because they're trying to go back to the original storyline that Wonder Woman is only complete if she is attached to a man. Now, the, the, the storylines that we see in in modern day comics, DC comic, Wonder Woman beats the shit out of Superman. She's got her shield, she's got her armor, she's got the sword. She is the in-between character between, you know, the righteousness what, of Superman. Wonder Woman, as, as a, as a dyed-in-the-wool DC Comics fan, I will say unequivocally that Wonder Woman is the most, is the strongest and most powerful character uh, in the DC universe in terms of, like, the good side. Well, um, I find uh, that she's the neutral side because Batman... Agreed, agreed. She's neutral, but I'm talking very, if you go very simplistic right down the middle, the good guys versus the bad guys, Wonder Woman it has all the power of Superman, but then has magic added on top. But what separates her from Shazam, who also has magic, is that Wonder Woman is the fiercest warrior. So yeah, I think the first Wonder Woman movie played to that strength. She was a warrior, whereas 1984 was just just a hot, dumpster fire, tragic, awful movie. It was yeah. just heartbreaking. The current, the current Wonder Woman, to me, is in between Batman and Superman. Both Batman and Superman are not supposed to kill anybody. Wonder Woman does. Right, Batman correct. Is Absolutely. Very, yes, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're both, uh, that's a line much, neither one of them crossed. Yeah, Batman is very much 
an authoritarian, almost borderline fascist. Where he oh, Batman is a he is a fascist. Yeah, where he controls Gotham City through fear and fighting, whereas Superman tries to change the heart of right. the world. And Wonder yep. Woman is like, no. Sometimes we need to fight. Sometimes we need to save the innocent. She's it goes. It's funny you mention that. You, I don't know if you if you know that you're quoting Kingdom Come or not, but there was a, uh, a, a absolutely amazing graphic novel written 30 years ago called Kingdom Come yeah. by by Mark Wade and Alex Ross, and yeah. that almost quoted line for line. Whereas there's a giant battle at the end, and Wonder Woman is in the armor that that she is in Wonder Woman 1984, and she's she's holding her sword and. Uh, Superman utters a, a line, something like, you know, somebody could get killed. And Wonder Woman looks at him like, yeah, well, of course, that's what I'm going yeah. to do, right? So, and to a deeper cut, about 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, there was a, a another miniseries, a huge, uh, not miniseries, but a crossover called Infinite Crisis. And the 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 end result of that was that Wonder Woman snaps the neck of Maxwell Lord, and I thought maybe that's where they were going in the the Wonder Woman movie 1984 was that that Wonder Woman would sort of do the same thing that uh, Henry Cavill Superman did at the beginning, the end of Men of Steel and snap the villain's neck because yeah. that's faithful to the comic book. But again, they didn't do that either. It's another reason why Wonder Woman 1984 was just a trash fire. Just it it just was not faithful at all to the source material. See, one of my one of my favorite storylines is done by. Um, Oh, I've got it right here. Marv Wolfman and George Perez. When they both yeah. teamed up to do Wonder Woman, they the artwork was very, Mar very... Marv, sorry, I don't mean to correct you. Marv never did Wonder Woman. Uh, it was George oh, Perez. no, Patterson. George Patterson. Is it Patterson? I've got it here. I'm George, George Perez... So George Prez did. George Prez was uh, an artist who yep. transitioned to be an artist writer, and back in 1986, he relaunched Wonder Woman. Yeah, and made her. Um, took her back to sort of the iconic uh, Greek um, gods type uh, uh, character. Yeah. And George, I met, I was lucky enough, I got to meet George uh, about three years ago uh, at the Ni Niagara Falls Comic Convention. George has always been one of my idols. Yep. And it was a religious experience to meet him. But yeah, so his Wonder Woman is iconic. And I know yeah. that Patty Jenkins was trying to channel a little bit of that, but it just, it was just, it failed. So and terribly. this is the thing that I love about the George Perez Wonder Woman. He stuck with the original outfit, right? Which is very. I didn't give her high. George Perez did not give her high heels. That was controversial at the time. No, George but she, she does that... have the bustier. She does have the little booty shorts. Like let's Correct. face it, this this really goes back to the 1950s Wonder Woman. But in the 1940s, comic... brother, he, she's 1940. Well, wasn't the 40s the one where she had the miniskirt? Yes. That, yeah. But that carried on into the 50s as well. But the bustier, the booty shorts didn't come around until the 60s. Okay. So, thank you, Geek. But she's yeah. got the little booty shorts. She's got the bustier. So it's the classic homage to uh, an, an older version of Wonder Woman. But she gets to fight Ares, the god of war. She gets to fight, like, Athena. She gets to fight real badass characters, right. you know? Like... Okay, so Alan Smithy and I had a discussion at work, and I said who she should have been like. And I think at the very beginning, you were a little pissy. And then when you walked back, you're like, you know what, you're right. Okay, refresh my memory on this, because I agree with you, I'm pissy, but... Well, she should have been more like Linda Hamilton in The Terminator. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Now let me ask like you both something real quick, mean to interfere, but... 
you were talking about how you don't like <laughs> well, the... Uh, but oh, it is your, your podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I love the back and forth. I have no issue with that. Okay. But you guys keep talking about modernization of these women. So would you prefer yeah. Wonder Woman to be like in a full, like almost like Jean Grey in X-Men? Would you like her to wear a uniform like that? Do you think that'd be more modernized where it wouldn't be so sexist? Well, here, I, I got to be honest. Here, Here's the thing. So I think... Um, so DC Comics has tried to do that over the years. They took her in the early 70s. They took her out of the whole Wonder Woman outfit and literally put her into a white pantsuit. And then they, uh, in the uh, in the 90s, they, they changed her outfit again. I think, I don't have any problem with the, the Bustier, as I've explained, because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm father to a daughter and I've raised my daughter to be a nerd. And yeah. uh, with the Wonder Woman, women should wear whatever they want to wear without being objectified by men. So True. if Wonder Woman wants to wear the booty shorts and the bustier top, she should be able to wear that. The problem is not with what Wonder Woman is wearing. It's how perverts uh, objectify that particular outfit. If she's comfortable uh, wearing that, if she's comfortable fighting in that, well, that's her perspective. Uh, yeah, it, no, you know, I, is I it agree gonna, with that. See, now, now yeah. I, if I may jump in, I, yep. I disagree. Not vehemently, not vehemently yeah. at all, but I, I do disagree. Um, yeah. First of all, my wife, who happens to be a woman, she thinks it's the stupidest thing. Well, you wear her underwear, so I think yeah. she made that clear. Yeah, it makes me a strong person. That's what she but said. She, I'm not shaming you. I'm Again, I'm not shaming you, Lord Fahan. I, <laughs> whatever, whatever yeah, I, I come from British and Irish I'm, aristocracy. For you. Yeah, I don't, wanna, I, don't, I don't want this to come across like I'm shaming you for wearing her underwear. If you're comfortable with that, you do you, brother. I yes. come from the same breed as David Bowie. Anybody says that David oh. Bowie wasn't successful, you know, take a jump. Right. Um, but this is the thing. My wife, who, who, as I said, is a woman, she vehemently disagrees with the bustier. She thinks it's the stupidest thing, and I've heard that before. Okay, fine. Sure. I'm not a, I'm not a woman, but my point is, add to it. Like, why not? Like, if she comes from, if she's a demigod who fights monsters, why is she in a bikini bottom? Why not give her greaves? Those are the, 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 the thigh armor. Give her the boot armor. Give her shoulder pads. Like, well, her, her, she is. The point is, I guess, she is so invulnerable. She is so protected by the magic imbued upon her by the gods that it makes it, it negates the need for armor. And then once again, where is she fighting? She's fighting stupid people in a mall. You right. Know? Again, like you, you are, you are flogging a dead, you are flogging a dead horse at this, my friend. We both agree that Wonder Woman 1984 was a terrible movie for so many reasons. See, I would love, I love the Wonder Woman in the comic book where she's done up in armor. You know, right. the, the very end of the movie where she's like, what, the 40 seconds of seeing her in that amazing... The golden armor. armor. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the thing about the Marvel movies, when Captain America, the cheesiest Marvel character there is, when he first sh shows up with his, um, with his diamond-shaped shield and he has his bomber jacket, amazing, and he's got his... his World War II helmet, amazing. Yep. Then they went full-on classic, um, cheesy Captain America outfit in Avengers. Why? Because they had to represent a certain image. I get it. But I love how in the other movies, he had all different up-to-date armors that still was a very classic Captain America. Same sure. thing with Thor. The original comic book outfit for Thor would never, ever work in the movies. So they give him the same classic look, but it's armor. 
you know, Ant-Man. They updated the Ant-Man outfit. War Machine looks fantastic. It's like War Machine on massive steroids. Black Panther, how they updated it and made his outfit, the vibranium outfit, looks fantastic. It still stays the original view of what the character looks like, but they've updated it to make it look functional. And that's why Constantine was a terrible movie, because John Constantine, Keanu Reeves' character, did not look anything like John Constantine. Yeah, whereas and Wonder Woman looked back... like the 1940s Wonder Woman. And to me, right. it's just... Like, the first Wonder Woman, I gotta tell you, even, like, I got totally sick and tired of the upshot panty view of the camera. You know, or the down looking between her her boobs. Like, sorry. Like, I know it was, I, I just didn't get it. I'm like, but that is just so horrible towards women. That, you, you know, to have a, a, a Wonder Woman where she's climbing up a ladder and the camera angle is showing right up from the bottom between her thighs. Like, come on. Sounds like the beginning yeah, of I Baby Blue. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't, the TV Baby I, Blue. I, uh, I didn't actually, uh, that... I guess I wasn't paying attention to the movie that closely, so I can't comment on those particular scenes. But yeah, unfortunately, the gratuitous scenes, again, it's a female director, so if she chooses to, to do that, then that's her prerogative to do it, especially being a female director. It was a male director. Or maybe director, she could, pressured into it. No, I don't think they pressured Patty Jenkins into doing anything. And the fact that she had such a free reign with creating the, the crap that was Wonder Woman 1984 is just an example that, uh, you know, she was given a, a free reign to, to sort of work with her vision yeah now i wanted well, to just go just back one better. one step here with uh batman i know alan smith he had mentioned he liked the uh ben affleck batman and before i get you I... lord fawn hold on i know you i can yeah. feel the excitement in your voice i oh, have to yeah. say that i didn't mind the michael keaton just because it feels like it's, it's the original but for me sure. there's only one batman and that batman to me is christian bale everybody else falls outside you, of that bracket you, you mean christian bale yes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you know what i I, I like, again, what I love about DC Comics' approach to Batman, I will give them this. They basically said, Batman is so iconic. Like, a lot of people online are bitching now that the Robert Patterson is coming out, that they didn't, they're, they're not moving forward with Ben Affleck. And now they're also uh, sort of regressing and that the Michael Keaton is coming back. But I believe the universe is big enough for multiple Batmans. So yeah. I believe that Christian Bale stands on his own. Christian Bale, the Dark Knight returns, or the Dark Knight, um, the one with Heath Ledger as the Joker is one of the very best comic book movies ever made. It's just, period. it is yeah. just, it is period. It is just a, a tour de force and outstanding, not only true to Batman's character, but true to the Joker's character, true to Two-Face's character. There will never be a better Commissioner Gordon than no. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman right. is picture perfect. Uh, it, it broke my heart to see J.K. Simmons. And there's another reason why the Justice League movie is a terrible movie is that they chose J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. J.K. Simmons will always, he's a great actor, but he will always be J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. He is He's, spy he's a Spider-Man actor, and yeah. he should not be brought over into the DC Comics universe. He's J. Jonah Jameson. So yep. Jerry Oldman, the casting done by, by Chris Nolan was perfect. Uh, I love, but on the flip side, I also love Ben Affleck, and I also am very excited about Robert Patterson. So I'm I'm in on all of that. George Clooney was terrible. Al Kilmer yes. was terrible. Yes. And, you know, hey, what, when I what, shit, when me, I shit what, on Michael it, Keaton... 
Well, just let me just let me say this. When I shit on Michael Keaton, I love Michael Keaton as an actor. If you want to see an actor who's got a range, take three movies back to back. Watch Multiplicity, watch Clear, Clean and Sober, and watch Pacific Heights. Watch those three movies, and you will see an actor with tremendous range. He's a phenomenal actor. Or Beetlejuice. But he's not Batman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dr. The, only, the only thing that... Johnny can... Dangerously. Yes. Beetlejuice. The only thing that saves Michael Keaton for me, and the only thing that makes sense on uh, Christian Bale, is that they wore insane armor, right? Makes sense. They're, they're both skinny, small guys. Yep. Ben Affleck. You are all about the armor, aren't you there, Swords and Sanders? No, 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 no. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck looks like he's an older Batman who was beaten up like he was massive. Like this He was. Like, that's I that's the point of that they've said that. Like, that was his character. I don't like these castings. Like Gal Gadot is perfect as Wonder Woman from the neck up. Like okay. why is Scarlett Johansson um Stop it. Black I think Widow? I'm in love with her. Yeah, but why is she Black Widow? Like look at look at Gina Carano in the Deadpool movie. Look at her in Mandalorian. Like if if you're being chased by somebody and you have somebody to save you who's either Gal Gadot or Gina Carano who are you going to pick? I'm going to pick Gal Gadot if she's Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman does not need to be bulky. Wonder Woman can be sleek because she's Wonder Woman, dude. She doesn't look like she can do a push-up. Oh, shit. It doesn't matter. She's Wonder oh, Woman. Oh, she's you're, an you're, Amazon. You're, you're diverging Amazon. from the character. She's not 100% pure Listen, Amazon. I am. Uh, yes, she is. I am no. a martial arts fucking superstar, okay? <laughs> we know that. I yes. know. The, 38 uh, years of kicking ass kicking your ass, 35 years of kicking your ass, right, shows yeah. me that I need people who are super beings to look like they're fucking super beings. Chris never judge, never judge what you of all people being a martial arts expert should know you should never talking, judge someone by their appearance. Yeah, but we are talking about appearance, right? We're talking about Thor. We're talking about Captain America. These guys, I have no doubt, had a whole team of doctors, nutritionists, and people who were custom making um, human growth hormone for these guys, you know, so it's safe. These guys are massive individuals, right? They look like super beings. Why is it that the women in these films, I fucking love Scarlett Johansson as an actress. I think she's an absolute fantastic person. Linda Hamilton, I still remember Linda, the, the clips on E.T. Um, Entertainment Tonight, where Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2 was doing the chin-ups, you know, when she was in the mental health hospital. And you're looking at her, and she's not a big woman. She's not tall at all. My wife has met her. She's like 5'6", five, 5'8", five, maybe. You look at Linda Hamilton in these movies, and you think, fucking hell, this chick's going to kick some serious ass. I can't wait to see this sequel. I'm really right. over. I'm uh, all right, over. I... I am so Lord Fahan, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow a hole right in your whole theory here. All right. Actress Zoe Saladina as Gamora. I love her. She's fantastic. She should right, be but bigger. She, but if your argument is yeah, again, that's your argument. She should be bigger, but she's not, and she pulls off that character. Size does not matter at all for anything, and I'm just putting that out there. Broadcasting. Size doesn't matter. Oh I you know what? Dondo, are you not picking that one up? You got to pick that one. Size, uh, yeah, no, size always matters. That's what she said. She is a fantastic actress. That character, created by Jim Starlin, by the way, that character is an insane assassin. Looks great. 
Okay. According to your theory, he cannot be skinny and and be a be a superheroine. No, I am saying that not every single woman in Marvel and DC Comics should look like a stick bug. Every single woman in every single comic book film is, except for Gina Carano, is a stick bug. We've only ever seen one woman in the DC universe, and Harley Quinn, so... Yeah, okay, and then look 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 at the fucking Gwyneth Paltrow in the Iron Man movies. I think Gwyneth Paltrow's a great actress. Why is she in the Iron Man movies? I guess she wears armor. Scarlett Johansson. Money. She looks like a stick bug. Charlie Theron in the in friggin' the Mad Max movie, friggin' beefed up, and it was a fantastic director. She looked like she could kick some serious ass. I'm just saying, like, I know there's a lot of young girls out there that maybe don't fit into this super athletic Ronda Rousey looking type model, right? But I mean, to cater to this men's view of women being, you know, these skinny stick bugs, you know, and that that is somehow attractive is the wrong way to go. That's just my feminine. Like, come on. So now it's time to right, change. That's my basically rant. what you're saying. It's time to change. That's a hell of a rant, brother. I like yeah. it. I'm going to go. I'm just going to say I think Gal Gadot is a perfect Wonder Woman. From the neck up. But no, totally. Like, totally. Head to toe. She is. She embodies exactly who Wonder Woman is. Okay. <laughs> Glad we could Cat come to agreement. There's another one. We, Catwoman. we will agree to disagree. It looks that. like all these women to prepare for these roles just did a lot more Pilates and yoga. Okay. That's one way to and look at it. That's that's not a problem, though. I don't know. I think if I was a 12-year-old girl or a 10-year-old girl, I'd want to see somebody on the screen that fucking kicks ass and looks like they kick ass. My 17-year-old daughter has no problem. She's been watching the DC Marvel Comics movies since she's been six, so she's got no complaints about whether it's the Scarlet Witch or whether it's the Black Widow or whether it's Wonder Woman or Harley Quinn. She thinks... And that's the source. She's 17 years old. She thinks they're all perfect. Fantastic. I I mean, I I can't argue with your... Your daughter. I mean, I'm not going to. <laughs> no, I mean, Probably I not a good I mean, thing. She could she could out debate all of us. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'm. I mean, I'm a man talking about women roles. I mean, I think there's something just completely wrong about that. You just want a more modern <sighs> twist, is basically what you're insinuating. No, I think we need some equal representation on Go Deep. I couldn't <laughs> agree more. Apparently. <laughs> on that note. Folks. <laughs> oh, am I am I wrong? Where, I'm sorry. Where is where is Astra Boon when we needed her today? I guess. Uh, yeah, she was like, uh, um, out to lunch doing tarot cards, and I guess uh, Sassy K, the same deal. We'll we'll hear from them, sure, down the line. Yeah, I would, well, I would I'm much sure, rather I, have I, a woman tell I'll me I'm wrong Master than another man. Today about that. Oh, for sure. As, as I said, I'd rather have a woman tell me I'm wrong than a man. That's that's fair, especially when you're talking about a woman's perspective. I get that. Yeah, I mean, I love you both, but you know, it only goes so oh, far. Thanks, buddy. I get uh, it. Even after our argument today, <laughs> you still love me. I'm I'm grateful, folks. Don't forget, you can pick up all our belongings or our supplies there at teespring.com. Just look up GDP Go Deep, the podcast. We got t-shirts like the new one that will be coming out, talking about Lord Fawn wearing uh, women's underwear. And uh, and being proud. We got to make sure that's in there too. Yeah, and uh, yoga pants, and uh, I think there's even a bag. Mask, cover your mouth. It is coronavirus uh, season. Lord Fawn and Alan Smithy, I really enjoyed this back and forth. You guys really took the show Dude, for a good run. Dude, love you, brother. It's good times. And love, love you too, Lord Fawn. You just you keep going with your swords and your sandals <laughs> and your Game of Thrones. And, and, and I appreciate all of your misguided points of view. <laughs> oh, I, I'm glad you do. Yes. yes. Thank you very much. And on that note, folks, remember, always go deep.
Go Deep. Welcome back to GDP Go Deep, the podcast. You can find us on most forms of social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also reach out to the cast. T.O. Big Show, Lord Fawn, Motorsports Mofo, Sturzy, Big Mikey, Astro Moon, and Sassy K. Thank you for your support and remember, always go deep.